Lock Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Don Scott Damon, and you are listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. I'm your freedom coach, and today I have with me back in the house, the sisters are here. It's been a while since I've had you. I've got Wanda Sanchez and Shelly Beach. Give a shout out, Wanda. Send some love to the ladies listening to Hey, ladies. Glad you're joining us tonight. Um, listen in, it'll be a good show. All right. Kelly, it's just so good to be here. We've missed being with you, Dawn, we really have. And ladies, we're just so glad to be joining you tonight. Amen. Thank you. Well, we're excited. We have an opportunity to share tonight, you guys, with our listeners, something that I think every woman has struggled with. Well, every person really has struggled with at some time in their life. We're talking about anger tonight. How do you overcome anger? Is anger wrong? Is anger sin? And when you have anger, is that okay? But if anger has you, that's a different story. You're not going to want to miss this. I want you to stay tuned as we join the Freedom Girl Sisterhood coming your way next. Hey, I want to take a minute and remind you of my book, When a Woman You Love Has Been Abused, A Husband's Guide to Helping His Wife Overcome Childhood Sexual Molestation. You can find my book at Amazon.com or go to my website, DawnJones.org. If you're a woman who suffers from childhood sexual abuse and it's affecting your marriage or your relationship, this is a book you need to get. Again, When a Woman You Love Has Been Abused at Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'm glad that you're still with us. So let's get into this conversation today. Uh, Shelly and Wanda, on the break just now, we were talking about anger. First of all, let me see what God's Word says about it. In Ephesians 4.26, the Word of the Lord says this, In your anger, do not sin. And it goes on to say, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. I like how the Living Translation puts it, don't sin by letting anger control you. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that is telling us that it's not sin to have anger. Mm-hmm. It's not sin to feel the emotion of anger. But it's when anger starts to control our life. In fact, science tells us that when we go to sleep at night, that what happens is in our brain that the thoughts and the memories that we have actually become solidified. And if you go to bed angry, you have a harder time releasing anger from your life, from your thought life, than you did from the night before. I mean, God clearly knows what he's talking about Mm -hmm. in his word. But where does the anger come from? So it's okay to have anger. It's not it's not okay, okay, to to live in in anger, to have anger, outrage, and to be explosive and have a temper. We're not talking about that. But the emotion of anger comes to us. It comes to all of us. But what are some sources of anger? Where does it come from? Anybody want to dive in on that one? I think sometimes anger can come from a sense of injustice in the world. We live in a world that's filled with injustice. And um, somebody hurts your child, somebody hurts someone that you love, oh, yeah. that sense of anger will will race to the top and come to the surface. So sometimes it's a, it's a response to injustice. Take bullying, it's humiliation. Oh, yeah. You know, people, the humiliation, I, I mean, just that can really... Um, propel someone into 
Isn't that true? I mean, um, children who are picked on on the playground, they're bullied or they have a flaw or some, you know, physical characteristic that causes, yeah, they're different, and they get teased or whatever in school. You'll see that child a few years later filled with anger. And many times these kids that are acting out in school or whatever as a result of just pent-up, bottled-up anger and and hurt. Mm-hmm. It can come from a source too that tells me that I'm owed something, and you're not you're not coming through for me. Okay. And so that can be yeah. There's an entitlement there, or there can be uh, the fact that I I live from a place of um, of martyrdom. Mm-hmm. Um, those kinds of things can can make me very angry. And if we're not aware of those things, sometimes they can actually, the real motives behind them can be hidden. Mm-hmm. But um, anger is often because we think that we're we're entitled to certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm hearing us say that, oh, so anger is a part of our emotional makeup. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we feel anger. I know for me, when I was a young girl being raised by my dad, my dad, when he would feel afraid, rather than saying, hey, you scared me, he would always be angry. Mm-hmm. Yes. I almost got hurt, and my dad's angry, and he's yelling at me, and I'm thinking, I almost just got killed here. Why are you yelling at me? But because the way he expressed his fear was very angry. That was the emotion he knew. And I think you've just raised a really good point. It's important for us to understand that that emotional learning and emotional knowledge, knowing what anger is, recognizing it, naming it, and then following it, to its source, mm-hmm. finding out what that actual source and that root is. Mm-hmm. Why am I angry right now? Mm-hmm. You're right. We're going to get to that in just a minute when we talk about some of the do's and don'ts of anger. So um, anger is part of our emotional makeup. It's part of us. But what about um, the demonic world? You know, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and I think sometimes there can literally be a spirit of mm-hmm. anger that will attach mm-hmm. itself to someone. Have you ever experienced that? Maybe not necessarily in your own life, but experiencing, seeing that operating through someone or um, how the, how one minute they're fine and the next minute they're just uncontrollable or it makes no logical sense and you're, you just recognize that you, somebody is just bound by a spirit of anger. That was me. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Besides knowing glances right, across yeah. the table. And actually, um, I had... Um, well, family members that would do that a lot, mm-hmm. close family members that, you know, I didn't know what I was going to get. I didn't know if I was just going to, you know, say literally it could be high at the wrong time and, you know, mm-hmm. a fist in the face or something. So oh, man. Um, it was that kind of thing. You know, you just didn't ever know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but mine was very similar. I didn't hit people, but I you know, destroy things. I put my fists through many walls and, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so, and I know that's, that's something that is so wrong, you know, in so many ways it hurts, not just, um, other people, but, but me. And sure. then my actions and my mouth and my thoughts mm-hmm. all follow mm-hmm. suit. And so, at the end, it ends up with me, you know, on my face again and begging people for forgiveness and begging yeah, God right? to forgive me again, you know. So, Well, you, you're talking about two things that I want to mention, and that is the habitual anger or that stronghold that we're, we're talking about, mm-hmm. a spirit of anger where you just want to be free from it, but it feels like it's controlling you. 
But the other part of that is that how did that grab onto your life? Wasn't it through trauma? Mm -hmm. Isn't the enemy attracted to the areas of brokenness in our life or trauma? And he seeks in, he gets in, he gets a beachfront or a stronghold in our life. Yes, and we've talked about this because... Uh, you know, generational curses, we can mm-hmm. pass those on to our children. I know I had a real anger issue as well. And, um, you know, the, this rage that would pour out of me toward my children. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, the the scripture talks about the sins of parents being pa- passed on to generations. Right. And I know Wanda has talked about that within her family, that that unsafe environment, never knowing if you're safe or not, and the rage and the anger that gets passed on and in my family with my children as well. So, yes, those strongholds of mm-hmm. anger and the generational systems and curses that we can pass on to our kids and to 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 learn how to defeat that mm-hmm. as, a, as a spiritual uh, chain that binds us. Absolutely. Were you going to say something too, Wanda, about that anger? So it came in through trauma. Can you, that's okay. Can you remember, as a little girl, having those emotions of fear or abandonment or isolation? And then, I guess maybe I'm even speaking for myself, so wondering if I'm identifying with you. But as I grew, then I, it wasn't appropriate for me to feel vulnerable oh and goodness. weak. So I fortified myself. Absolutely. I've I've said it before. I believe that anger is a cover for for hurt. Yes. Almost always, I think. It's an armor. For me, it certainly was. Yeah. I I, I didn't feel those things anymore if I felt angry. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'd rather be angry than hurt. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If it's a feeling of choice or a drug of choice, I'd rather much be fueled by anger and have that energy and feel in control and on top of things versus weak or vulnerable. And so I armored up with anger, whether it was an edge or an attitude or a look about me, like, Mm -hmm. you know, but inside there was an insecurity. Mm -hmm. There was a a deep sense of woundedness and hurt and fear. And so you do, you, you put on this bravado of, Mm -hmm. Hey, don't mess with me. And I was a fighter. I mean, I, I I literally wasn't afraid after a while because I was, Mm -hmm. um, I was being energized by that. So you're talking about loss of control. We're feeling hurt. We have the emotion. And then sometimes the enemy gets in there and he and he just builds a fortress of anger and takes control. The good news is that we can be set free from that. We don't have to live in that. But we've talked about and explained, okay, anger can be a part of life. What do we do? What are some do's and don'ts? If someone listening today, you're struggling with anger, you know someone who's angry, let's talk about a few don'ts with the anger. First of all, acknowledging that we have it is important, but what should we not do when it comes to our anger? Well, I, I think one thing is uh, is not to ignore it or suppress it. You've, you've got to acknowledge that you've got, you've got an anger issue mm-hmm. and uh, to, to find a way to cope with it and deal with it that um, that will work for you. I know Wanda recognized that at least, at least part of her problem was trauma and PTSD, mm-hmm. and she sought trauma treatment, and you also dealt with it on a spiritual level, as I did for me and my kids. I dealt with it on a spiritual level, it's, and I also understood that I needed to remove myself from circumstances at times mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. simply escape, but mine began, too, with a total humbling of myself before God and acknowledging it as sin and knowing that I was powerless. This was going to be God's spiritual victory on my behalf. Mm-hmm. 
it was a, a matter of bowing before the Lord and recognizing that, you know, my anger is not going to bring about your righteousness, God. Mm-hmm. And so a humbling. And that is not easy thing to do because we have to we have to release our pride to humble ourselves before God, of course. But when you release pride, you do begin to dismantle anger. Mm-hmm. And it, it can start to come down. Yes. Yeah, so for me, there was... A spiritual awakening that was the beginning of that journey, and um, recognizing my problem, acknowledging it, confessing. For me, I had to confess to my children, mm-hmm. and then I had to create strategies for diffusing this thing and understanding where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like an instantaneous thing for me. That was a journey of kind of discovery of what yeah. was going on in my head with my self-talk. Um, and learning strategies that would work for me, mm-hmm. that would diffuse the anger. Wanda, you mentioned a moment ago that you struggled with anger. We all three did, actually. Was there ever a time where that anger turned into depression? Because you said one of the don'ts is don't suppress it. Don't deny it. We have to acknowledge it. What happens when we don't acknowledge it and we do suppress it? Does it turn into depression? Well, we know it does. Did you ever experience that? Um, I'm sure I did. Um, I didn't let myself really feel it though. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, I had other coping mechanisms when I was, when I was angry and we're mm-hmm. going back a few years because I've not had that issue anymore. God mm-hmm. delivered yeah, me. Amen. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like four years ago. Right. So I get angry. I mean, I still get angry. Sure. I don't, I haven't broken anything or put my fist through a wall or anything like that and had, had the crazy anger for, for four years mm-hmm. overnight. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I can't explain it. Thank you, God. Yeah, that's... <laughs> right. You know, and so, But I still get angry, and, and yes, it can lead to depression. Um, that's just... It's physiological, you know? Mm-hmm. It takes a toll on you, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually, to be that angry. Um, I have to be careful, because when I do get angry still, I have a tendency to, to suppress any, everything anyway, every emotion. Every emotion, Is yeah. my first... My first, um, my first way you reaction to, yeah. to anything is to suppress feelings. So mm-hmm. I have to be careful to do that. Yeah, right. to not do that because that can lead me down the wrong place. Right, and all anger is not bad. Sometimes we need to feel the anger. Mm-hmm. We need to feel what we're feeling. So when you talk about the don't of anger, don't suppress it, don't ignore it, and don't mask and deny it. What we right, say. and um. And don't, for me, don't say anything. Right then in that moment, mm-hmm. I need to just be quiet and turn around and go away. Okay. Because trust me on this, I, I, I warn my victims. <laughs> no, I, I, seriously, I used to tell people, don't. If I tell you just to go away, trust me on this one, you need to go away mm-hmm. and do it quickly. <laughs> don't push me on this. So, you know, it's not like that anymore. But I have to be careful every day, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, for any emotions that I'm trying to pretend aren't there mm-hmm. or to push down because it's all of those behaviors are just a step away. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so um, you're saying that's one of the don'ts on our list is don't act out and don't rage. You know, if you for me, I have to step away and just be quiet for a second. Do you like count to 100 or count to a thousand or breathe count deep? Count for a year. Count for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Come back in a year. <laughs> 
Well, they told us a few years ago that, you know, you saw this in therapy or counseling where they'd have the punching bag or the pillow Mm -hmm. or the foam Mm -hmm. thing, and they'd say, just get your anger out, just get your anger out. And I understand the principle behind that is that some people had suppressed for so long that they were numb. So there's a victory in getting in touch with what you're feeling and at least having some awakening inside of the emotion. And for me, when the emotions would awaken, which was an important part of my healing process, at first it all came out like anger, kind of like when you're cleaning out the the faucet or the sludge line of a cabin that has been turned off all winter. That water doesn't run at first till all that sludge came out. And for me, that was what it was like with with anger. But in reality, they've discovered over time that, you know, acting out or behaving when you're angry, shouting, getting it out, kicking, punching, a punching bag, it actually doesn't really release anger Mm -hmm. at all. It fuels it. It's like putting a match on fire. It it makes it explosive and it really creates more anger. So one of our don'ts would be don't act out and don't behave um, out of rage because it's not going to diffuse it. It's going to ignite it. And I think it's exhausting as well. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't make you very popular either. And and in those moments, you're going to say things that are going to hurt people way more than it would physically. Yeah. You know, the words are just, they destroy people. The words are very damaging. I believe there's probably women that are listening tonight who have been hurt by somebody's words, have been on the receiving end of someone's Mm -hmm. anger, possibly uh, in an abusive situation, whether an abusive marriage or relationship or friendship, or a parent who is verbally abusive. And anger can really destroy the gentle spirit of a child. And you may have learned or grew up in a home where there was a lot of anger. You know, the good news is we all are sitting here as delivered, set free, Mm -hmm. healed, and whole women who used to battle with anger, but we did get set free. And one of the things that I had to learn as well is not to rehearse an offense or to nurse the grudge. One of the areas that I struggled with anger is because I was hurt as a child. We all know that each one of us are survivors of some sort of abuse, childhood abuse, or as we were older. And yeah, I was very angry because of what happened to me. And I could think about where would I be in my life if it wasn't for what you did to me? Or what could I have accomplished in my life if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for that? And again, rehearsing the wound or nursing a grudge, I'm going to get you back, holding on to vengeance is one way to keep anger very much alive in your life. Mm-hmm. And it definitely doesn't serve God's purpose in our life. Is there freedom beyond anger, Shelley Beach? <laughs> <laughs> there is freedom beyond anger because I, for me, the lesson I learned very simply at you know, I was assaulted by a serial rapist, and for a, a lot of years, for for probably three years, I was consumed by anger mm-hmm. toward this man because I believed I was way better than a serial rapist. It made sense to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to die and rot in hell, and right. um, that consumed my life. And God showed me very, very graciously that I was just the same as the man who mm-hmm. had inflicted that upon me. God gave me a vision of him as a child and a baby. He didn't choose 
the abuse that he had endured. Mm-hmm. I happened to know a, quite a bit about the, the man who had um, had assaulted me. And um, he's still he's responsible for everything that he ever did, and he needs to pay the consequences of those things. And it's not my job to release him from those things. But my, my, my act of forgiveness for him um, and the a- releasing of the anger for me was to see how much I've been forgiven. Because mm-hmm. I truly, I had the heart of murder. And we all do at some point or another. We carry that heart of a, mur- of a murder in our anger. And uh, that's who we truly are. And God's forgiven us of that. And to be able to release that frees us in ways that I don't think we can begin to understand. And so um, anger is powerful. deadly. Well, it's deadly. It has the power to be deadly. It it can impel. It it anger moves us somewhere. Right. It will move us in one direction or another. Mm-hmm. It will move us to become a killer, mm-hmm. or it will move us toward compassion. Mm-hmm. Right, because we can be angry about injustice in a good way. Yes. which is what you said in the very beginning yes. of this program. But those words are very powerful. That anger, the kind of anger that that is that demonic, destructive mm-hmm. rage. Hatred, that's the spirit of a murderer. Mm-hmm. And so how are we any different if we're holding that? Or how devastating has it been to us if we have been the victim of somebody's anger? We feel like we've we've just been murdered or we've died. But Jesus can set us free from that on both ends if we're the person that's holding the anger or for one that's been the recipient of somebody's anger, the same healer is available to us, Jesus Christ and his love. But you said something, too. When you forgave, anger like forgiveness, you got rid of that anger. It wasn't for him that you did that. No. It was for you. It was Mm -hmm. for me. So you could live. So you could have freedom. Yeah, my life was consumed by anger. Mm-hmm. It it changed me. It controlled me, mm-hmm. and i i needed I needed my life back. Mm-hmm. I needed a life that I could actually direct to the glory of God, and it was impossible to do that with that anger. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about some don'ts today of anger. We've said don't ignore it and don't suppress it because it will turn in on you and turn into depression. We said don't mask or deny it. It's very stressful. It's draining. You said it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I think of keeping anger down like those um, balls, those beach balls. Like if you had mm-hmm. five or six beach balls mm-hmm. that you're trying to keep under the water mm-hmm. and the velocity that they come up with when you finally just can't do it anymore, you know, pop, 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 pop. Yeah. that's how anger is when we just deny, oh, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm fine. Well, no, you know what? You, you're not fine. You got anger coming out of all your orifices. <laughs> Is that a word? Orifices. <laughs> That's right. So don't mask it. We said don't act out or rage. That does not release the anger. Putting your fist through the wall, all that does is put holes in the wall. wall. Mm-hmm. And ruin your nails. And get, yeah, ruin a manicure, a perfectly good manicure. <laughs> and uh, don't uh, rehearse the offense because it just gains strength. It just gathers the grudge, the bitterness that, that takes root in your life. And the Hebrews tells us, uh, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that a bitter root doesn't spring up, causing trouble for you and defiling many. Mm-hmm. Our anger causes trouble for us, bitterness and defiles others. Let's talk about some do's for a moment of anger. Do 
get to the root. You talked about earlier, Shelley, I think it was you that said, um, what are we really experiencing when we're feeling anger? Anger might be the presenting emotion, but don't we have to sort it out like, you know, spaghetti noodles all? Don't we have to figure out what we're really feeling? Well, in my circumstance, you know, you're assaulted by a serial rapist, and I really felt like, you know, <laughs> to be honest, I really didn't care about justice in, in the world and until that moment, you know, there, how many rapes had occurred in the world right. before that moment in time? I didn't care about those. Mm-hmm. Justice, I was defining justice in terms of what had happened to me. How selfish is that? I mean, really, what kind of person is that? It's who, Human. We, who, most, of, that's who yeah. most of us are. Justice is all about me. Mm-hmm. I really don't care about you so much. So, <laughs> so right. when I actually saw who I was in terms of my self-centeredness and the fact that, yeah, you know, an earthquake could happen in Mexico City and, you know, 5,000 people could die and I could have a few seconds concern about that, but maybe God wasn't so fair because something had happened to me. Right. Um, that was a humbling moment mm. for me to actually think about what we mean when we sing that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Right. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, do get to the heart of the motive. Find out what you really think. Mm-hmm. Let God take you there. Mm-hmm. It's a... An amazing thing to discover that. Yeah, and I one of the do's that I would like to mention is do write it out. Oh my word, it's awful to read in black and white who you really are sometimes. <laughs> so use use a pink pen when you do this. <laughs> pink and white. But right, because how do we discover what we're really feeling? I've learned for me that when I start to write and journal, and it's so funny, you guys, because when I first start to write and journal, it's like it's gonna be read on the six o'clock news. Mm-hmm. I write my journal. I sound so spiritual in my journal just in case anybody were to get it. Oh, my gosh. It. I want to make sure in the handwriting just so. <laughs> but when I when I really start to get gut level honest with God, it is not pretty. Mm-mm. But also, I am surprised myself by what I write. I don't even know what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking until several paragraphs down when I really start to get honest and the Holy Spirit is talking to me. Mm-hmm. So journaling or writing out what is it that I'm really feeling, I've begun to identify other emotions besides anger. Right. Yes. Good. Writing and journaling things out. My book, The Silent Seduction of Self-Talk, was mm-hmm. about that journey that I took, actually evaluating those motives and those goals. And so tracing that anger back to a root and discovering you know, sometimes there's some five-year-old child in, our, in us oh. that's crying or weeping for something, and we need to show compassion, and we need to show um, care to that certain part of us, and that anger is coming from a very legitimate place. Sometimes there are other things that we'll discover, but we need to we need to find where the root of that is, mm-hmm. and I, and that journal is a valuable tool mm-hmm. because it shows our pattern our, in our in our arc of growth. Over those years. Oh, that's good. Pattern and arc of growth. I like those words. So pattern it suggests to me that we don't just write once or twice, but that we keep that journal and we write in it often mm-hmm. and we can begin to see progress or the, the freedom coming or yes. maybe where we've slid backwards, where we had mm-hmm. a truth and we grasped it, but now we've lost some ground. Um, Shelly, you just said something that just pricked my heart. In fact, I was just tearing up as you were talking a legitimate place of hurt that someone might recognize as they do this 
that there's a little girl inside that's really wounded, mm-hmm. that's really scared, perhaps not even fully awake. She's she's cowering in the corner of someone's emotional cave in their life. Mm-hmm. And um, boy, I just I just would say to that person right now listening, in Jesus' name, there's wholeness and. And speak to that little girl. Give her comfort and give her compassion. I'm not trying to be weird, but there's brokenness no. in all of us. No, and she may have been told when she was five or six or seven or eight, you know, shh, be quiet, don't tell. Mm-hmm. She might be very angry about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the sum total of every day we've ever lived and every age we've ever been. You know, you don't stop being a seven-year-old. You don't mm-hmm. stop being an eight-year-old. And sometimes that anger is coming from those places mm-hmm. in us that have been broken, and we haven't had a chance to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. So that's another place just we need to talk about, that that anger is legitimate, and that anger needs to be honored. So do honor the legitimate anger mm-hmm. by acknowledging it, accepting it, and then releasing it to God and letting yes. Him be the judge the just judge who will deal with that on your behalf and vindicate you. But I do think that there are a lot of women who need to feel and be validated and know that what what they're experiencing does come from a legitimate place. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like we say so very often, that explains it. You know, it doesn't excuse us for having bad behavior since then. Right. Like you've talked about with your own life, you're always so honest about your motives and your heart. It didn't excuse you, but it certainly did explain you. But when you came before God and just and, and just repented of that, that Jesus took that from you and, and set you free from it. Yes, we have a God of grace and mercy and, and unlimited love. And, um, you know, that's the coolest thing about the Christian faith and the walk that we that we have and that writing it down in that journal is that God's not going to leave us where we are. Mm -hmm. He loves us where we are, but he won't leave us there. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful way to live. It is. Well, and then one of the other do's that we have to talk about, we're going to, we're, we're going to go there. We got to bring up the F word. No, no, not that F word. <laughs> we got to bring up the other F word. Food. Food. No, not that word. <laughs> Forgive. You know, I don't like to rush in with the forgiveness word when people are going through their healing because I think that that, you know what, there's no short line. It's like going to the Secretary of State. Just get ready for a wait. There's no short line. It's not going to happen. That's really good. You know, when it comes to healing, people want to forgive right away, and they think that that's just like the quick fix, the short line. If I forgive right away, then um, I'm, I'm healed. I'm done. I went through it. I, I, I forgave. It's over. I mean, I used to say that. You know, why drag the river? We've already found the body. I forgave. <laughs> but I wasn't willing to acknowledge any of the other things that had happened to me or the effects of the abuse or the aftermath because I forgave. So forgiveness is not a quick fix, but it is part of the healing process. It's not the end. It maybe isn't even the beginning, but it's something that we will do, and we probably have to do it more than once, Right. As I worked through my healing and the more I recognized that was done to me, the more I had to reiterate and 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 keep my choice of forgiveness intact. I love your wording for choice of forgiveness because forgiveness isn't just an act. It's a continual choice. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, we're all sexual abuse survivors. And sexual abuse has ongoing consequences for the rest of our life. Right. You know, I talked to a young lady at a conference the other day who, you know, Wanda and I did a conference on hope. And um, and this young lady came up and talked to us. um, And for some reason I asked her about her relationship with her her boyfriend. She's not even married yet. And she immediately welled up with tears Mm -hmm. about how complex sexuality is as a sexual abuse survivor. survivor. It will be complex for the rest of her life. Yes, it will. Mm -hmm. It will be complicated for the rest of her life. So here I'm I'm nearly 60, and I'm talking to this young lady who's probably 22. She's not even married yet. And I'm saying, honey, and I recommended your book immediately. (laughs) (laughs) You 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 have to get Gon's book, because we're all a little bit crazy here when Mm -hmm. it comes to this (laughs) issue. Right. Now, you can forgive your perpetrator. Monica can forgive her perpetrator. Perpetrators, I can, you know, we can forgive our perpetrators, but we have to continue forgiving them because the the effects right. of what they did right. are with us for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. in all kinds of areas. So forgiveness is an ongoing choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will continue to make it for the rest of our lives because whether it's sexual abuse, abuse domestic violence, whether it's my anger toward my children, I've, mm-hmm. I seeded something into them that cannot be erased. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. forgiveness is... Uh, there are always going to be repercussions. There are always going to be consequences. Consequences don't get erased. So mm-hmm. uh, we have lifelong work with that. Absolutely. And so some there are times that what you're saying is so true. If I'm feeling angry about something, I might discover that what I'm feeling angry about, again, is a consequence or a result of the abuse, and I have to stop. And so I do have to forgive one more time or just to confirm to God and say, Lord mm-hmm. Jesus, I choose to walk in forgiveness. I will not take it back. I will, and I understand and trust God that you're working all things together for my good. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how this is for my good right now, but I trust and know that it is. And because I've, I've just learned enough about God's character, I'm at peace with that. That works for me. I know that God's going to work it out. And I can trust them, but forgiveness is ongoing. Um, So what about this? When you're feeling angry, you're in the moment. Wanda, you said it a minute ago. Okay, so like I might just tell somebody, walk away, just step away, or I might count to to ten or what you say, or or a million. (laughs) Um, But in the moment of anger, let's share a couple of do's with that. If you're feeling angry in that moment, one of the things that you have to do is change something quickly, change your environment, do something. And there's three ways that we can interrupt that stream of anger. Let's talk about those three ways just for a moment, and then we'll uh, shift gears. But one of the things that we have to do is verbal, change our language. When you're angry, we have a certain kind of vocabulary or certain kind of words that we're releasing Mm -hmm. or a certain kind Mm -hmm. of sputter that we're sputtering, what would change look like if we changed our language when it comes to that verbal? Wanda, you got any thoughts on that? Um, yes, um, because before I um, really was set free from things such as that, <laughs> I found great pleasure in Telling someone lording else. it over someone because, you know, I mm-hmm. was good with words. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that wasn't any fun when um, when when it was right in my face. Right. <laughs> um, so um, 
I would say one of the ways that we can do it is through just um, praising God or changing what we're saying. I, I have to remove myself, like I said. I have to mm-hmm. change where I'm at. So I, you physically get up and go change away. location. Yeah. I absolutely have to. Which That's, is which is one of the three ways. It's not the verbal way, but it's the um, kind of the change your physical position. position. Right. So that's what works for, for me. you. So, so women listening, um, if you're in a position where you're feeling that anger, science tells us literally you can change the endorphins, the chemicals. You can switch up the biology, which will change your emotion and the way you're feeling if you physically uh, move, change. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I would not always be upset about something. My doctor would used to say smile when I was feeling depression because when you smile, you send the nerve endings, send chemicals to the brain that say, oh, I'm happy. What were you going to say? I was about? just going to say, you also, um, you also get quiet, Wanda. Yep. I, unlike what you used to do, uh-huh. you also will choose to get quiet. And she'll, yes. just, she'll just choose to. Yes. So quiet. one of the verbal changes that you can make in changing your language is just to stop talking, stop talking. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. And just kind of meditate and, and be think thinking or prayerful about other things. Uh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Sure. That's where I get. Yes. Yes. Do. Yes. I eventually get to the prayer. Do then meditate. (laughs) Do then meditate. (laughs) Meditation stew. That works, too. Okay, so the three ways that we can interrupt ourselves and just do something different to stop the flow of anger is is by changing our thoughts, changing our words, and changing our physical position. And let me just, we're kind of laughing, and Wanda and I are, are um, looking at one another, and we're talking about that, that step, the stew step. That's, that is an act of absolute obedience on her part. Mm-hmm. Because when she's angry, mm-hmm. um, she will stop talking, and that's just an act of obedience and of respect for people around her. Mm-hmm. So it's not stonewalling. It's not, not like a silent going into a silent treatment. You're choosing an act of submitting your tongue by just being quiet. Yeah, I don't do yes. silent treatments, but yeah. It's, it's just not It's exactly. not a silent treatment. Mm-hmm. It's an act of, of um, I think, it might not look like it to other people, but I know what it is. It's an mm-hmm. act of so, of protection and respect for other people around her because if she feels like she's going to get angry, she doesn't want to go there. Mm-hmm. And so she'll choose to be quiet mm-hmm. and um, and just, and just, Choose mm-hmm. to be to be silent. Mm-hmm. Well, and the beauty of that is the Bible tells us that we're to exert self control. Mm-hmm. And so, in this learning process, because you've been really mm-hmm. honest and saying, "Hey, Jesus delivered me from anger," and one of the things that He's giving you instead of being out of control in rage is He's giving you self control. And as you practice that self control and you submit that, and you're just quiet before the Lord, eventually I would imagine that God will give you just a gentle word. The Bible says, "Gentle words turn away wrath." Mm-hmm. So perhaps you talk about the arc of healing or the of right. growth that that then may be something down the road. I know for me, when I get angry, I do the same thing. I mean, I I don't go off at the handle or anything. God's done such an amazing work in me. But I may get lathered up and bluster a little bit, and then I always say, you know what, just ignore me right now. Let me just, I'm just going to, 
I'm just going to go walk out of this room, and when I come back, I am I'm going to be back in my right mind, and I'm going to be, <laughs> and I just do the same thing. I might just exit for a moment, or I may just quiet down and center myself down and just say, okay, Lord, you know, and immediately make those decisions to say I'm releasing this and I'm letting it go. But anger is going to be a part of our life. It's going to be a part of our everyday emotion. And as we said in the very beginning, that we're going to have anger, but anger cannot have us. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that whatever we don't master will in turn master us. So today, ladies, if you're listening and um, you've enjoyed this broadcast, I want you to stop by the website, freedomgirlsisterhood.com. And drop us a line. Let us know that you're listening. And, boy, I hate to say it, but our time is up, you girls. It's been fun. It's been such a great time to get together. Um, parting thoughts, last words of encouragement to anyone. Shelly, tell us about your – you guys, tell us about your new book, though, first, and then we'll do last thoughts. Love Letters from the Edge, uh, Meditations for Those Struggling with Brokenness, Trauma, and the Pain of Life. Uh, we actually talk about anger in that book, and <laughs> among other things, because anger is part of brokenness. So um, you can get it at Amazon, or you can uh, visit um, uh, PTSD. Well, we don't have it on PTSD Perspective. Kriegel.com. Kriegel. You can get it at Kriegel, but uh, we're very excited about it. Very excited. Um, you all listening, I have read the book. It is so good. Love Letters from the Edge meditations, healing prayers, honest, raw thoughts. I mean, this hasn't had a facelift or a makeover. This is, <laughs> no. this is honest, raw stuff. Yeah, it is no. good. So go to Amazon.com or Kriegel.com. Again, the name of the book, Love Letters from the Edge by Shelley Beach and Wanda Sanchez. Great to have you here again. I love you girls. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's been great. Once again, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your freedom coach, encouraging you to live full, live free. God bless you, ladies. And whatever you do tonight, don't go to bed angry. God bless you. We love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.